child, man. It's kind of hot out here, man. Why don't you purify yourself in the waters of Lake Minnetonka? All right. Word it. Welcome to the Aqua Minority Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Gigi Shuttlesworth, aka The Kid. And tonight, this episode is sponsored by First Avenue, featuring Morris Day and The Times, aka Candace Davis, and The Revolution, also known as Lady Godiva. Hey, what's up? What's up, everybody? It's your girl, Candy Girl. A.K.A. Little Miss Entertainment, A.K.A. Morris Day in the Time. <laughs> and Lady Godiva in the house. <laughs> Revolution. <laughs> Revolution. Morris Day, Day is so fucked up in Purple Rain. He's like, how's your family? <laughs> and I'm like, God damn, man. Jeez. Are you trying to say that's how you portray me, Jesus Shuttlesworth? <laughs> not, not in the slightest, but somebody had to be Morris Day, and somebody got more gonna be seeing Morris Day soon. So my jealousy was like, okay, she can have it. She can have it. Okay, I'll Day. give you that. I'll give you that. Absolutely. <laughs> but yeah, he def he definitely was cold blooded, and that man, that man, dad done killed himself in the basement. You like how's the family? But Morris Day can really act. That's that's another thing. He can really act. That movie in general is really an amazing movie. It, it took me a long time. It took me until I got into my 20s to understand it. Because I saw it when I was a teenager, and I didn't really understand it until I was, like, in my mid-20s. Man. They can, they, can never make a, they can never do a remake, I can tell you that much. No, definitely not. Prince and they're doing things I know. Prince, well, well, the kid is in there doing things I know. Half like, whoa, goddamn. What well, time out? Yeah, you definitely not Morris Day in the movie because if you Morris Day, I'm Prince in the movie, and I don't, I don't hit women. No, yeah. no. Prince is, <laughs> oh, Prince is so unappreciative. She bought him a guitar and was like, "Yo, I'm joining Morris Day." And then she like, and then he's like, "What? Oh, let me beat you!" Like, what? Now, come on, bro. Actually, this is this is this is the thanks I get for putting you on. This is not fault. Now for the reason that we're all here: the legend, the icon, the greatest prince has passed away. Yeah, R.I.P. Prince. Definitely got to pay respects to Prince, the one, the only. He was definitely one of the most iconic figures that music will ever see. I agree, definitely. How would you remember Prince, Lady Godiva? Well, I remember him in a spiritual sense. He was like, even though he's Prince, he he felt like he was everywhere. You know, um, he touched many souls, mine being one of them, uh, through his music, through his smile through even his interviews like you could feel his light his aura was amazing so i i definitely appreciate the legend prince candice you know i remember prince as being one of the most cutting edge artists of i don't even want to say a generation probably 
a whole century. He he definitely changed the game when it came to what a genre of music would be. I think people always try to put a box around um, what genre of music are you? Are you rap, R&B, rock and roll, jazz, adult contemporary? And, and Prince kind of um, broke through all of those barriers to say, I'm not anything. I am music. You know, when, when you take your name and, and say, I'm getting rid of what um, typical letters would stand for in, in, in pronunciation and in, in, in phonetics and turn yourself into a symbol, that's pretty powerful. And I think Prince unto himself definitely changed the sound of what um, the typical average everyday song would be. He was a musical genius, unlike uh, what we see today in in what uh, a pop figure would be. He was a true artist and composer, and that is so unbelievable unto itself. You know, to be able, I think when I read it today, he he knew how to play 22 instruments. I might be wrong on that, but it was something around that. And I don't think people take into consideration to appreciate somebody that can actually read and compose and play on numerous instruments. Anybody that has ever um, tried to or was successful at playing one instrument knows how much time and dedication that takes. So for somebody to be able to master, not just know or be able to tinker around on a couple of instruments, but master being able to play a, a woodwind or a, a string instrument, and then you go to a bass or or a drum. It, it, it's just it's just kind of amazing the things that he did for music today. A lot of artists wouldn't be here if it wasn't for Prince, and I think that proper homage needs to be paid. I think yesterday on CNN, I was looking at, actually, no, not even CNN. I was on my friend's Snapchat, and the Apollo Theater really did a good job of putting together a proper tribute for Prince. I know that they did the, I think it was um, all of the different bridges, a couple of different um, towers they did in purple, just truly impactful and truly a visual auntie, a, a, a way beyond his time um, when it came to music. So when I think of Prince, it really is just truly the embodiment of what music should be, has been, and could be. Yeah, I, and I've learned recently he wrote a lot of songs for a lot of artists. Um, and what and like you said, it wasn't. You can't label him in, in one genre because of how great he is. So um, that I found that very interesting. You know that he can not only play instruments, but um, you know write songs as well for for different artists, and and it fit the um, artist very well, like with their voice. You know, so that. That's amazing within itself. Yeah, it really, it really didn't hit me 
that Prince, Prince has passed to who's doing this podcast in the opening, and I was fumbling, and I was like, why am I fumbling? I never fumble. Like, not to be cocky or nothing, but it's like that's how much of an impact he had on my life. Like, it's only it's certain people that I'm not looking forward to their older age because I know they become when they pass. Like, you got Outkast, you got Elton John, you got Goody Mob, David Bowie. That broke. That hurt. That hurt me. You got um Glenn Fry from the Eagles. Like, it's only so many people, well, including Prince. It's so many people that shaped my shaped my childhood. Like, that's how much it, that's how much of an impact it was. I grew up hating Prince for a long time. Because he had Sheila E, Vanity, and Apollonia. <laughs> like I'm like, how can somebody? Because I wanted to be Prince, and then I realized I can't be Prince. So I was like, I started hating him for a while. This probably like three days. I, I hate him for like three days. I was like, man, he got Apollonia, Vanity, and all these women. I don't know. I don't know what what goes on after you have sex with Prince, but I know Prince got the Fountain Youth in his house. Oh, he has to. Women have <laughs> like I was looking, like I was looking, like I already followed Sheila E on Facebook, and Vanity passed away when she rest in peace. But Alphalonia, there's no way this woman is 56 years old. There's no way. I thought I, I thought I clicked on the wrong page. Like these women are so like Prince had it all. Like it's no like it's no hyperbole when you say he's the be- when when people say Prince is the best musician to ever live. That is true. He's the most diverse. He didn't have a genre. He was a genre. Like, Prince is the genre. Like, you go rock for you go rock for this person, rap for this person, blues for this person. When you say Prince, you just say Prince. Like, I know Purple Rain is a fan favorite between everybody, and that has no genre. It's R&B, it's rock, it's all over the place. And it's, it's but it collectively comes together to harmonize. Like, like you said, Prince played all those instruments. Prince mastered. Prince mastered life. <laughs> like this man, I I could play a little bit of piano, but that took a long time and a whole bunch of getting my hand slapped. But for you to take what you said was twenty two instruments. Yep. Mm-hmm. Twenty. There's no way in my life I'll be able to learn twenty two instruments and be able to play them on a record. This is back then when you had to play the record and sometimes you had to sing with the playing the instrument. Prince would play a guitar and be singing at the same time and it'll sound so it'll sound so angelic. Like for people that may not mm-hmm. work in the industry of um, entertainment, when you're playing a guitar, sometimes you gotta give it its own mic. But this is before all that giving a guitar its own mic and you have a mic for your voice. This is all one thing. Like Purple Rain, it's recorded at one time. So for it to be that smooth and clear is amazing. Like Prince, Prince did the damn thing. And this is all why we're this is all why we're like making people question what the hell it means to be masculine. Like only David Bowie and Prince was able to go through different genres of music while making it look effortlessly. Like Absolutely. Prince come out. Prince will come out and he'll get on the stage and he'll get on top of a speaker in high heels and hit a um hit a split in the air. And <laughs> like that, that's how that's how great you make music that nobody even questions what the fuck you're doing. It's like do whatever you want to do, man. Like mm-hmm. he was like, definitely a style icon. I mean, he broke barriers of you know, people people will question like Oh, is that is that person um, homosexual or are they straight or whatever? He was like, I'm Prince. I'm right. wearing ruffles, purple <laughs> eyeliner. I'm gonna press my hair out. I'm gonna get a bump and curl. 
he made it and, and he was the man. He was definitely getting all the women. That was never a question. So it was like he was almost like just be who you are. Be what you want to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I like how humble he was, you know, even with, with uh, going on Oprah and uh, Travis Smiley and, and all the, um, the other uh, interviewers. He was just so, his poise, like he was really poised and, and, and bright. And his smile was contagious, I think. <laughs> That's, you're absolutely right. I was looking at an interview. It was on CNN, and it was um, when he first passed away. It was live coverage, and Wolf Blitzer was on the air, and they phoned in to Larry King because I believe between – um, Larry King and Oprah, they were one of the two few interviews that he did. And Larry King spoke so highly of him and how, to your point, Lady Godiva, how poised he was and how personable he was and very open and honest with Larry King. And I felt like um, that was one of the few times that people kind of saw that side of him. He mm-hmm. didn't seem to be very protected in his personal life great entertainer and, and you and you see that a lot with um what i call that that musical insanity you're so locked in to being an artist a performer that sometimes a regular person cannot connect to you because your mind functions in such a different way so mm-hmm. it was nice to hear the representation from Larry King at the moment that the world kind of found out that Prince had officially passed away, that he was just a regular human being like you and I. He just mm-hmm. was one of the, the very few selected that had such a powerful gift. They also spoke a lot about um, his compound, Paisley Park. And in the Oprah interview, I think she mentioned how come you never moved to like LA or New York? And he said, I stayed in Minnesota because it's cold enough to keep the bad people away. And mm-hmm. I had never heard that part of that interview until they had played back all this old footage. And I was like, wow, how impactful. Like, I'm going to just have build my own little kingdom here where I grew up in Minnesota. And I don't, I'm going to be in a, a place where I will never get jaded by what they would call, quote, unquote, the Hollywood people. And that just made me love Prince even more hearing that. Yeah, yeah it's definitely. Like, it's like that thing my mom used to say. Um, well, she said all the time still. It's like you move somewhere where you're comfortable because the people that want to see you, they're going to see you regardless. Like, you don't need to be accessible to these evil people and these people that's going to drain your energy. If they really want to see you, then they'll come out to Minnesota. Yeah, absolutely. And I don't think that... I think in this day and age, you don't have to prove anything to anybody. You know, a lot of people, especially with the the emergence of social media, people feel like, Oh, everybody got the Bentley. I got to have the Bentley and be driving down Rodeo and take a picture on my Snapchat in the Bentley. Me personally, I am a Jersey girl to the core. I always say it. If I ever, you know, hit it big and, and got millions, 
I would buy my childhood home and I would buy a place in New York, LA and Miami, but my home would be here. I would just buy my home that I grew up with and, and purchase the land and build something comfortable because this is my comfort zone and the things that I know of growing up. And I respect, like I said, I respected that a lot when Prince decided to stay in Minnesota. I'm sure he had different homes and other places to be comfortable and accessible from when he had meetings. But just to hear him say, you know, they they mentioned uh, a young lady that he had mentored and had kind of his like up and coming protege. She said his Paisley Park estate had a full blown studio, nightclub, executive offices for his numerous business that he ran, a factory for his clothing line. Like he had like a production place in an in-house designer that would produce all of his um, costumes and regular day-to-day clothing and a soundstage that he had built there so he could practice there before going on tour. Anybody in the industry knows that there's these huge sound stages and not to get off topic, there's only a few people in the country that own these places where you can go and practice your full-blown tour before you go out on tour. And for him to build a soundstage on his property was kind of like, I mean, he was so ahead of his time. It was uncanny. It was literally uncanny. He definitely saw the future well before anybody could even comprehend it. Speaking of future, yeah. kinda, um, it's like, it's kind of like future took Prince's blueprint of, I'm going to put out a whole bunch of music. I'm not going to, well, he did sit on 20,000 records, but I'm going to take a lot of music and I'm going to put out as fast as I can because Prince made 39 albums. Which is really funny because I would love to be mm-hmm. in the office when they, when um when he first brought them the idea of Love Sexy. Now, if a lot of people don't know about Love Sexy, Love Sexy is one is one song. Well, it's a well, it's one track with a whole bunch of songs on it. Is no skipping around. You got to listen to the whole entirety of it. That was, and that's the CD version of it. It's just one long ass song. So it's like yeah. he didn't he didn't really care about the rules that was put in place. He just wanted you to listen to his music how he wanted to listen how he wanted you to listen to. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. I think that when it comes to um, music production today, I think the last time we spoke, it, it, no nobody puts kind of a full piece of work together. It's like. These are these five hot songs that are gonna play and get in the top top one hundred hot one hundred on the billboard and I'm gonna be satisfied with that. Um just taking <clears throat> excuse me, just taking a, a a little bit of a segue. Today Bryson Tiller announced that, you know, his label told him that he had got got Trap Soul had gotten to the gold level, but it really was platinum. And that story unto itself, that Bryson Tiller story about, hey, I got fired from my job. They said I would never be a recording artist. I recorded Trap Soul the next day, put it on SoundCloud. I have music, that piece of work is platinum. You don't see that very often anymore. I'm very proud of Bryson Tiller for that. But he's a true musician unto the sense of Prince 
went in and they said he has volumes and volumes of music that was even not even unreleased. I think today, um, I can't remember what the source was, forgive me, but they said they could put a Prince album out one a year for the next century. That's how much music he has. That's unheard of. That literally is unheard of that he probably was recording endlessly hours and hours for the last let's call it 37 years of his life. That's that is his gift that he left to the world and only prince could do that in such a prince way. Mhm. But should the songs be released cuz I seen Sheila E talking about it and then it got me thinking about it. She said that she doesn't want the songs to be released because prince didn't put them out. And this is coming from a woman that got a whole bunch of um songs in their vault like I really want to hear her um Donna Hathaway, um, she got a she got a um a cover of the ghetto. I don't know why I want to hear it, but I want to hear it so bad. And it also got, which I guess is leaked, I don't know or not, it's the actual version of somebody just putting it together. But he also got this song from the Batman soundtrack because that's something Prince did. Prince said, I'm gonna make a whole Batman soundtrack. I'm gonna do all the music. Nobody else needs to do it. I'm gonna do it. And it has this remix of the Bat Dance Bat Dance with Big Daddy Kane on it. Which had wow. me like my, I've been my, I've been thinking about I y'all gotta understand I love Prince so I've been thinking about this Big Daddy Kane song for like three years now and they say it's really rough because you know how the original Bat Dance is upbeat and it got the joke you know it's the Joker whatever blah 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 they say this is stripped down it's the original Batman theme song with some funk on it and um, Big Daddy Kane is killing it and like Prince loved it Big Daddy Kane loved it but this same record label same record label that let Love Sexy come out. They let Love Sexy come out as one track, but they won't put this song out. They didn't want to put this song out. The same record label didn't want to put this song out. Yeah, I'm mad. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm kind of mad about that because I really want to hear this one song. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know Prince got a whole album that he recorded as his, alter, as his woman alter ego. Like, he got a whole album, and he was going to put wow, it out. I didn't know that. And then he just changed. And then at the last minute, he was like, Nah, don't put it out. Like they just didn't put it out. They end up not putting it out at the end. I think yeah. like, anytime like an artist has music like that, I do think that um respectfully whomever is their executor of the state or whoever is closest to them should really go through the catalog and pick the songs in their best interest to release. I don't think that you should just sit on the music and just say, hey, listen, he's not here to say yay or nay on this. I think that maybe all of it, because sometimes some things can be very personal and sometimes things are get released and then that'll stir up questions about the emotion put behind mm -hmm. the music. But I think that Prince would want his fans to be happy and I think that people would want to hear that music. Oh. See, I don't know. God forbid, God forbid, Lady Godiva. God forbid. I, I'm gonna use myself. I'm not gonna put that in a situation. Cause I know me as an artist, I, I I design a lot. So I got a whole I got a whole bunch of flash drives with like designs on them. Now, if I was the pat, maybe one day I'd be as big as Prince. Probably not. Ain't no ain't no being big as Prince. But maybe one day I'd be famous enough that when I pass, people be like, damn, 
I want to see those unreleased designs. I wouldn't want them out because some of that stuff is for Prince is probably incomplete. It's probably a lot of mumbling or it's just something he wasn't happy with. Now I'm not saying it would taint his legacy because 39 albums. They got to be some. This is blasphemy, but it got to be some songs where you're like, Ugh, I don't know. But to just oversaturate the market at this point with Prince songs would be kind of like how when Biggie, remember when, you know how Biggie passed and Diddy milked that cow for all it was worth. The proverbial cow, not not Biggie. I'm not calling Biggie cow. You know, it got it got to a point where they're doing remixes and then remix or remix, and it's like, uh, it's like okay, um, no, like no, you gotta let this go. Cause he got enough for us. He got enough for us to enjoy. We can start playing Prince records that's already out right now. We probably won't finish till a couple of years later. That's how much he got because he wrote for other people and he wrote for himself. So I don't think we should release the songs. Like I like I like they probably going to, but I don't think he would want it. Yeah, you know I, that's a great point. It, it, some stuff is just better left alone. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I I think today they said that Prince's sister released that he didn't have a will. That That's a sticky situation because you're right. You know, it, it, what would he have wanted to do? Now, now we will not know, so sometimes it, sometimes it is better left alone, you know? And then we might get into the sticky situation where Warner Brothers like, oh, well, if he recorded it in the 80s, and it's, I, like, I, I'm not trying to see no legal battles with people. For no reason, because you you know how it would be like. It's probably better left unsaid. What do you think, Lady Godiva? Yeah, I I think so too. I think it kind of goes both ways. Like, um, because he was so he's so great. I I'm not gonna say he was because he he's still in our presence, you know, with with his songs and his legacy. But, um, it would be interesting maybe to hear. Uh, a few more, but not all of them. Like you said, you know, the I agree with both sides. You know, um, just out of respect to him and even his family. You know, uh, it, it, maybe they they want to keep it to themselves because we we know Prince for the songs that we've already listened to. You know, and like you said, you don't want that to be milked out and then. We're like, okay, what was he thinking <laughs> when he was writing this song? And he's not here to answer why he, you know, what he was oh. doing or what he was thinking at the time when he wrote it. Oh, so. now that part, that part, I didn't think about that because Prince, Prince has always been open on one song. I forget, I think it's um, when you, I wish you were reminded something like that, or when the one I forgot the name of the song, but in one song he talks about. His his girlfriend bringing a man home for them to play with, and and he end up, and she end up he end up taking his girl. So I I wouldn't I wouldn't worry about too much about that. But I didn't even <laughs> think about this, so I just <laughs> yeah I didn't know yeah. Prince got some Prince got some yeah he goes there on some songs, but um we have to respect his Jehovah Witness that he was a Jehovah Witness now because. If you remember, it gets to a period of time where Prince stopped cussing, he stopped doing this and that because he became a Jehovah Witness. So I love the I love the freaky deaky Prince, but it kind of would be disrespectful to put out this older music because he's probably cussing and talking about women and all this other stuff. So it's kind of it kind of I don't know if they really, but if they do put out a song, put that dance out, man. Come on, stop playing. It's for the kids. Yeah. <laughs> 
It's for the kids. Do it, do it for the kids, Warner Brother. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, I. He, he's just a res, such a respectable person that you can't help but respect him, even though we don't know him personally. You know. <laughs> I feel like, like we know him personally. That's that's the thing about. No, I'm just playing. They they did the thing about music. Like at a certain point, you like, oh, okay. Because when you were telling us about Nikki, I was like, oh, my dude. Like, Nikki, I mean, Nikki. Prince really felt like like somebody like you just knew because his music was so open with you. Like, you couldn't help but feel like pain. Like, like I, know, I know a lot of people on Facebook, like, y'all acting like y'all knew Prince. But it's like, this man made music that connected to your soul. Like, if it's one thing that you could connect to when it comes to a person that you have never met, it got to be the music they made. Because you, you can't tell me you don't get emotions when you listen to songs. This man has made you cry. This man has made you laugh. This man had got you through a bad day. Some family members you don't need to connect with like this. I, I agree, Jesus Shuttleworth. I think that people get so upset when people express how connected they are to their favorite actor or singer that is what they are here for. They have been given such a special gift to connect with the masses. So it's okay for people to show emotion when somebody like a prince or who, even if, if Future died and the Future fans were upset <laughs> about Future passing away, God forbid, I don't, I'm not wishing anything on anybody, <laughs> but that's okay if they feel like that because he is creating that music for those people to have a connection and emotion to. I've I seen several different things. Like, y'all act like Prince was your your grandpapa, your grand, you know, your, your, your brother, your sister. But no, they're special people that have created something that has touched people's lives. Not everybody can do that. And I think that you should pay respect for, to people like that. That's such a great point that you make that, that – I would be a little disappointed if public figures like that had given so much of themselves to the world and no one paid attention when they had had their last moments. That would be so, so asinine. Exactly. Can you imagine, like, how I feel the connection. I'm sorry. I'm not going to pause. I don't walk around like ice cold, like, oh, these celebrities don't. These celebrities give you life. Because if you, because if they didn't, then this would be one boring, this, this life would be boring if you didn't have this music or television to watch. But what are some of you guys' favorite moments from Prince? I think, um, well, some of, well, my most memorable moment is a personal moment um, that I'll share. So, you know, I was super young when Prince came out. My sister's four years older than me, but um, my dad had just gotten one of those old school VHS home video recorders that you put the VHS in. <laughs> so we had like legitimately practiced all day. We were putting on this full blown concert of Diamonds and Pearls. We had got my mom's like diamond necklaces and pearls and, <laughs> you know, all this costume jewelry. We had a whole like dance routine and like it was one of the most memorable moments of my childhood that me and my sister put this full blown like performance slash concert on for my dad. And, you know, I didn't understand a lot of Prince lyrics until I got older 
<laughs> and, and I look back now being such a fan and I was like probably like five, six, seven years old. I can't remember how old I was, but like loving Prince music. But, you know, that's one of my favorite Prince moments, just being like, oh, my God, I love Diamonds and Pearls. And that was my song. And I would sing my little heart out to it. Um, so that's one of my personal favorite moments of just like how much his music touched me to be like, you know, wanting to put on a full blown performance. Lady Godiva. <laughs> that's so sweet. You know, um, unfortunately, when I was younger, I couldn't listen to <laughs> certain kinds of music, like you know, anything um, that was explicit or anything. Yeah, you don't like listen that. to no Prince. You don't. Nah, you can't have that. <laughs> <laughs> but. Um, no, as as I got older, and especially in the spiritual sense, um, when when he was so open with uh, his his spiritual side, that that touched me a lot, and it kind of has given me hope to uh, say that it's okay to still pursue my dream, but also be true to myself, you know. Um, and also, I, I I loved the Super Bowl per performance. In the that, For some reason, that touched my heart because it was as if, you know, it wasn't the Super Bowl. It's like this full-blown concert. <laughs> I loved it. it. Oh, it was so amazing. <laughs> and then it started raining, doing, oh, my God, purple rain in the rain. Like, only Prince, <laughs> only Prince. Yeah, just like when the rainbow uh, sh shined over the uh, his Paisley Park after his passing. Did you guys see the picture? Yeah. No, I have to check that out. Yeah, there was a, a like a clear rainbow right over Paisley Park. It's so nice. Prince had to let us know, but I don't know. My now now I gotta go mess all this up. My favorite Prince moment. Is the is the is the backhanded compliments he used to give to Michael Jackson, like like I keep like I keep like I keep on seeing these people do radio interviews. I think I did a radio interview and they was asking me about um Michael Jackson and Prince. I was like, can you please not put Michael Jackson and Prince in the same sentence? And it was like, oh, you know, there was friends. I don't know. I, I don't know about Prince. I mean, I don't know about Michael Jackson, but Prince was not. I, I'm not gonna say there was enemies, but. Michael Jackson loved the Prince more than Prince loved Michael Jackson because people keep on sharing this clip from um the James Brown show. Have y'all seen it when when they when he brought both of them on stage? Oh yeah, it's like part of like Prince's shadiest moments. Yes, because <laughs> James Brown goes and also in the house, Michael Jackson told me he clearly says Michael Jackson told me to bring on stage, bring on stage Prince. So Michael Jackson does a little dance or whatever. Hey, hey, James Brown, you the idol, you the idol. Prince gets on stage and he like, nah, nah, listen here. He starts dancing and then he kneels down for like 18 million years, pops up and takes his shirt off. <laughs> and starts like doing like some acrobatic moves with the um mic stand. Then he proceeds to go off the stage and I guess he thought the um light pole was attached to the to the stage. So he swings around the light pole and the light pole like falls down and like hits somebody. Like Prince 
was Prince was that man because this is his drummer from um, the Revolution tells this story about when Michael he, Michael Jackson visited Prince or whatever, and Prince was like, "You play ping pong?" And Michael Jackson's like, "Well, not 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 that good." And Prince was like, "Come on, play." So the story goes, Prince is just taking it lightly because Michael Jackson doesn't play ping pong. So then he goes, "You want me to hit it harder?" And then Michael goes, "Um, not really." You know, you know how Michael is. So they say Prince cocks the cocks the ping pong paddle back and like spikes it towards Michael's nuts. And they oh say, my god! <laughs> like this, is, I, I'm sorry. I, 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 just, I love the Prince and Michael stories because they say Michael just goes off this, like walks off like fuck this, I'm out of here. And Prince goes, you see, you see that? <laughs> he plays like Helen Keller. <laughs> so, yeah. And okay, I got to, I got the, but the, the, the one that takes the cake for me when it comes to this rivalry is when Michael Jackson thought that Prince was going to get on bad. Like, have y'all heard this story? No. Well. Dang. Okay. Yeah. So it's it goes before Michael Jackson actually put out bad. He wanted Prince and his camp to like hurl fake insults at each other in the newspapers because you know in the video of bad Wesley Snipes. You know the you know the person that you know the person that Wesley Snipes plays. Mm-hmm. That was going to be Prince. Like that was going to be Prince at first because at first bad was going to be a duet and um. Prince said Michael came to him. He was listening. He said, but I really, he said, I, I really couldn't wrap my head. He said, I really didn't want to do this. He said that Prince, I mean, Michael Jackson came to me and he said, we got to sing this song. He goes, well, the first line in this song is, your butt is mine. Now, who's going to say this to whom? Because I'm not saying it to you and you definitely not saying it to me. And like he has the most like Chris Rock is interviewing him, and this is around the time he was known as the artist formerly known as Prince. So he's talking to Prince about this, and Prince looking dead serious when he says this. I wasn't saying that. Like he he's like, nah, bro, I'm not doing this. So like, so it's like I'm not saying they was beefing or they didn't like each other, but Michael liked Prince more than Prince liked Michael. That's just that's just how it was, and I love it because it's like I'm a competitor. You, 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 the king of pop. I'm the king of everything else. I'm gonna rule this town. <laughs> you know, um, Prince's shadiest moments that they keep putting on Facebook is hilarious to me. I don't know why. Because <laughs> but... Prince is the man. That's that what made Prince great. Because like a lot of people don't like Kanye because they be like, oh, Kanye's cocky. Man, don't look at Prince when he when people doing when people paying tribute to him. He would shade you in your face, like who, who, who this is? No. Oh yeah, he's definitely a shade king. He told, yeah. <laughs> he got a lyric on Musicology in 2004 where he goes, "Um, my voice is getting higher. This is my original nose job. I'm not that other guy." Like, like, damn, Prince, let the man live. It's 2004. <laughs> You know, the I'm one good. where he kicked Kim Kardashian off the stage. That was <laughs> Or when Alicia Keys was, you know, paying tribute for him, and he was just, like, looking to the person beside him, like, mm. <laughs> Prince was important. My favorite, one of my favorite, one of my other favorite Prince stories is, um, this dude was DJing the um, BT party, and it was after he became a Jehovah Witness. And he said Prince walked up to him and he was like, 
And the dude was like, oh, Prince is about to talk to me. What am I going to say? I was thinking of so many things I could say. He said Prince leaned down to him, and he, I mean, Prince, my bad, Prince talked. He said he leans down to Prince, my bad, because, you know, Prince short, Prince short like me. So he goes, Prince goes, I did not get dressed all up for behind all this cussing. Then to the mills, like, it was like, what, what the hell do I do now? That got to be you think you about to get you think your prince about to come and tell you like oh you doing a killer set or something like that and he goes I did not get dressed up to hear all this cussing like how like how dare you disrespect Prince with all he's probably stuff. shocked I would have just been like I'm sorry you know, <laughs> y'all heard the stories about when um when he first became a Jehovah Witness he had to do his um his door to door his door to door duties right oh no oh my god so my mom's Jehovah Witness. I mean, not my mom, my mom. Oh, God, I'm sorry, mom. My grandma's a Jehovah Witness. And one of the things she always tells me is about how rude people are when you go to the door. Like, and I'll be trying to, like, I'll be like, Grandma, they really don't want to, they don't, they don't know. They don't know. Y'all just worship, y'all just study the Bible hard. Y'all some hard Bible studies. So she, she don't know. So, so she always tells me about that. So the story goes Prince and a member of, um, Sliding the family stone. Then when they became Jehovah's Witness, you gotta do your door to door. They don't care who you are. You know, your prince, whatever. You gotta go to your door. You gotta do your door to doors. So Prince goes and they knock on the door, and the man comes to the door, and they get to talk, and they get to talking, and the man goes, "Let me stop you here. I'm Jewish." So the dude from Sliding the Family Stone, they don't take "I'm Jewish" as an answer. He goes in the Bible and starts talking about people, Jewish people in the Bible, and then he goes. We're Jewish, you know, we don't want to be Jehovah's Witness. So they say Prince goes, Well, can we finish talking? And like, what makes story horrible? I you just go tell this man. This man don't want to hear what you say, but you're like, Can we just finish talking? Like I can just see Prince rolling his neck, like, Am I not to, are we not talking to you? <laughs> and then what makes the what makes the story super messed up is it was on Yom Kippur. Oh my gosh. Like you go disrespect the Jewish man on Yom Kippur. Like it's it's so many Prince stories. Okay, I gotta tell one more Prince story. You know, gonna be done with my Prince stories because it's so it's it's so many. Because you got the day you got the Dave Chappelle, you got the Torre talking about that. Prince loved basketball. You you know um when he was touring in the nineties and the Bulls was on that magical run that Prince would have one of the one of the the stage women. She'll be holding up a sign telling him to score. Mm. Oh wow! And to and to um to show how diverse he was with um with playing the guitar and singing, he'll be singing some days and also be watching the game on a monitor on the side of the stage while playing the guitar. Wow. <laughs> That's amazing. But they, but they, but, they, but the story, but the story I wanted to tell was, y'all seen the mugshot of Prince, right? Yes. No. Y'all know how how he got this mugshot? No. This man. So, his state. So him and his um one of his members, members of the band, they was like, we need to do something dramatic. You know, we need to do something dramatic for the shows. It was like we should get a megaphone. Okay, we'll get a megaphone. So I think it was coming. I don't, I'm not gonna say. I want to say Mississippi, but it was somewhere in the south. They were coming somewhere in the south. Red flag, man. What you doing? Red flag. The south, bro. Don't, bro. You light skinned You ain't white. You light skinned Prince. But anyway, so we they in the south. You know they get on the plane, and the air marshal 
I don't know why the air marshal had a, a megaphone on the on the plane, but so they see it, they see it, and the prince and you know prince band member go, oh, they got a megaphone right there. Okay, I'm gonna steal it, put it in your bag. Nobody's gonna notice that a megaphone on an airplane is gone. So they so they get that megaphone, and then of course the air marshal knows this, and they're like, who got the megaphone? So I think I don't know I don't know right now that goes. They get searched, or, but whatever it goes, they find out that Prince got the megaphone. Now this is where Prince becomes the most stand up guy in the history of stand up because the drummer, well, it, well not the drummer, in this aspect of the the ladder of of importance, you got the people in the band, and then you got Prince. Prince is Prince. I don't care what's going on. You know those jokes about um rappers like what Pusha T says to Kanye, um, if the cops ask, that's my gun, that's my weed. Anything you need, I'ma take this one for the team. You know? So it's like drummer supposed to be, well, the drummer, the band member, whatever, he supposed to take it for the team. But he, you know, he Prince stands up, he goes, I stole it. So of course he gets arrested or whatever. And that's that's how the mugshot came about. Prince got arrested for stealing the megaphone. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So, like it's so it's so like it's so many stories about Prince. But what are y'all favorite songs about from Prince? Well, um, when, when Doves Cry is such a classic song. That's, that's such a classic song. <laughs> yeah. I love Kiss. And uh this could be us. Mhm. Yeah, that's that's that um Apollonia, I don't know how to on that. That's that Apollonia something, bro. Prince. Prince is the man. Have I mentioned to y'all that Prince was the man? Sheila, <laughs> Bendy, and Apollonia. That are, y'all don't understand. Those are, my, those are my childhood crushes. Apollonia, Sheila, E, and Vanity. You couldn't tell me. If I would have been able to be Prince for one day, I would have done. Oh, my God. Like, Prince may have died at 57, but this man lived to be uh, 300 years old. Like, I wouldn't. <laughs> but go ahead with your list, Lady Gaga. I'm sorry, I was I was having childhood flashbacks. No, no, it's okay. And you know, like of course, Purple Rain and it just it, all of them really. You can't put like just one or two because he's just that amazing. But um, I was listening a little story. I was listening to you know they had like a, a lot of songs playing for him on the radio after you know his passing and Kiss was on and Janelle and Jacob was like ew why are you playing that you know oh man come <laughs> on Janelle Jacob yo Kylie already got the first apartment she only four months but, ago and when Purple Rain and Doves Cry come on oh she hooked I can't. Put, <laughs> I try to. Well, she's four months. So I don't. I don't pay no attention to what she. And she's my daughter, so I. I could be. I could be irresponsible and not and play whatever I want. But she seems like that. She. She. She likes. She likes Prince. Yeah, but after the second time, um, I played it. You know, she was. She, they loved it, both of them, Janelle and Jacob. <laughs> and Prince is that dude. But I like. Like. Like you said, there's so many. Like I. Originally, when I I was like, okay, we're gonna talk about, we're gonna pick out three, our three best. And then I then I started putting together the list. I'm like, I cannot do that. Like my favorite Prince songs have to be "International Lover," "Take Me With You," "The Beautiful Ones," 
Of course, Darling Nikki, Do Me Baby, Adore, and Doves Cry. Like I like I like the for some fair reason I I know I know about putting this list together. I like the raunchy Prince. Like I like that nitty gritty. I'm putting it like this. Da 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 da. You know, like I like the I like the the nasty. I'm just saying I like the nasty Prince. Because mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. so, it's so different from what we was hearing. Like Marvin, like Marvin Gaye can probably get a woman in the mood. I don't mean to sh- I don't mean to shift, but for you younger people listening, if you put any of these songs I put on, if you if you put any of these songs for women, uh, actually I don't know how y'all young, how young girls get down, but this was the close the deal. <laughs> like the older men told me when I was younger that Prince is the close the deal. I, word for word, if you put on international lover and you can't get a girl and you can't close the deal then then you just need to then all y'all just need to put y'all you just need to put you just need to go home dude because you ain't getting it you, you ain't get you ain't getting it like teddy pendergrass can probably get her but if international lover do not get her then you ain't getting them bro that was the like the, like the older men hipped us to the prince like i have all these older men i met along my life to thank for the for putting me on to actually i got my mom to thanks for putting me on prince but the other side of Prince, I got the older men to think because they set the tone for how to play Prince. Mhm. What about you, Miss Candice? <laughs> you know, I I really do like when doves cry. I don't know. I'm like a sap. I I am. I don't get me wrong, Jesus Shuttleworth. I love me a good raunchy song, but I do love like. Uh, Oh my God, my heart was broken, and I need like some sanctuary. I love, I like songs like that. I like emotion-filled songs, so I like that type of Prince. But mm-hmm. I also love the up-tempo funk, pop, rock. Like he, I love that that style of song that he would put out as well. So, you know, I I, I can't really put my finger on on any particular favorites, but. If I had to say, like my all-time favorite is definitely Diamonds and Pearls. Like I, that, that's my all-time favorite song. Do you still have that uh, VHS with the video? <laughs> I would love to say that I dig Lady Godiva. I would have to go to my mother's house and really, really dig, cause we have so many like you know old home videos. So I, you know, I might have to do that and see, but. I think it was more of the memory and the childhood um, fun of putting it together with my sister. But yeah, it w- I would love to see that video again myself. <laughs> <laughs> that would be cool. You know how like um, just to get the essence of where we were when we were children. You know, it's nice to have those kind of videos around. You know, um, especially when listening to to artists like Prince and um, <laughs> to see how we reacted to it as children. <laughs> yeah, we definitely are so fortunate in, in our age range mm-hmm. to have experienced such great music. You know, even with Prince, I would think that um, our grandparents are probably like, oh my God, this is the end of the world. This guy is walking around with assless pants and, you know, <laughs> but but the music was so good, you know what I mean? It was It was truly great music. So we were very fortunate to be able to remember that and live through all of that. I got I to gotta ask my grandma now. I'm like, when he was like, <laughs> 
Mills like, I met this girl named Nikki, and I guess you can say she was a sex fiend. Like, how did it make you feel, Grandma? Nah. <laughs> he just smacked me in the face like, boy, you don't get the fuck out of my car, down. <laughs> like, like, I can just imagine, like, that'll be like, yeah, we... We got the golden era of music as far as we're concerned. Cause this, I'm not, I'm not gonna go into this new stuff. I'm just gonna say we got the golden era. I just, oh, go ahead. I just wanted to make a last um, remark on on uh, the whole Prince <laughs> thing. Um, I just, I saw a meme the other day, and it said, you know, how he didn't have to pee on anyone or oh, like yeah. <laughs> rape, rape women or you know children or anything like that to get where he was at and you don't really think about it until it hits you know like seeing a meme like that and you're like wow well yeah that's actually true and then when they they broadcast his his, his passing I, I just don't like how they kind of put out like oh it's an overdose you know at first it was the flu and now now it's an overdose it kind of is that it tarnished you know, but it wasn't see people want to talk about the overdose but the man the man was taking a pill for his pain you don't know if you're in pain you don't know when you overdosing it's not like he was just sitting around like hey let me just pop pills this is two different this is not the person that you're trying to portray him as like it was saying like he took pills because he was hurt when he just in the hospital. Yeah. It's like don't tarnish, don't tar I don't say I don't say this in regards I don't say this in regards to Jesus and God. Y'all know y'all y'all know where y'all stand, but you don't tarnish our gods like that. Like no no blasphemy towards the real gods, but you know what I'm saying? Don't tarnish music gods like this because CNN loves uh, ooh, the media loves to talk about things that don't need to be talked about. I don't I don't need to know how Prince died. I think that's for any of the greats that have passed away. The media loves a good story. And I do think that in if it was if it was not to do to advertisers or them hitting bonuses based off of views, they would think about how they portray these people's deaths way differently. And you're right, like in, in people's last days or you know, upon their death and people mourning, the last thing you want to do is speculate to create a story, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that that always happens to anybody that in the last decade has passed away. You know, Whitney Houston had a legitimate drug problem, right? Michael Jackson probably definitely was you know, on the brink of being way addicted to whatever, you know, sleep medicine that was, that does not discredit the human beings that they were. And I think they tried to do that with Prince, but it it definitely got overshadowed in this case. Nobody is very much so hung up mm -hmm. on that. Um, you, you brought up a good point, Jesus Shuttlesworth. You know, they had his funeral very quickly because he was Jehovah's Witness. And mm -hmm. so they had the autopsy and then, you know, he was buried. I believe he was cremated and they had his memorial service and it was done. You know, with I think with Whitney Houston, they held on to her body for almost two weeks. And the same thing with Michael Jackson, because um, they were just trying to figure out the right way to, you know, to lay them to rest. But um, 
unlike in their situations, I think that it was kind of short-lived with Prince about, you know, what was exactly the cause of his death. But the media will the media will eat that kind of stuff up in a minute. Yeah. Yeah, and it's sad. Like, they wouldn't even let the people closest to him mourn. Like, they, they were, like, quick to, let's get an interview in, you know, and ask bizarre questions. <laughs> and Man. so I... I, I don't know. I feel some kind of way with that. You know, whether you're famous or not, I mean, the respect, I mean, you know, you got to give people their space. Yeah, but. Death is death. Like, no, like, we don't need to know how he passed. I don't, that's not going to, knowing how he passed is not going to make me feel less sad. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I would like to thank everybody for joining us on awkward minority podcast be sure to follow candace davis at the little miss entertainment show on soundcloud little miss ent on instagram and twitter and be sure to follow us at the awkward minority on facebook soundcloud instagram and twitter peace good night good night guys hold up hold up i don't know how i didn't include this in the podcast but one last Prince story. So, Prince rented a house from Carlos Boozer. Carlos Boozer is a basketball player. Now, Prince rented the house, and the legend of the story goes, and told by Jay Williams, that Prince rented the house and changed everything in there. First of all, Carlos Boozer's bedroom got turned into a salon for Prince. Just Prince. Prince had a big-ass salon just for him to get his hair done. Then he turned the water that was in that was flowing from like around the house. There was some rich people stuff because I have never heard this before. Water just flowing around the house. He turned all that water, all the waterfalls. They're now purple. He turned the he turned he turned those purple. He took the front sign of Carlos Boozer house and made it into the print symbol. He was renting the house. He wasn't buying the house or nothing. Needless to say, Carlos Boozer was heated. But Carlos Boozer, it's Prince, my dude. Who cares about your feelings in this situation? Rest in peace to the God. Prince, you will be missed, but you won't be forgotten. Over purple, demeanor chill. Thank you for the memories.